Uh, the reading this morning is taken uh, from 1 Thessalonians. You will find it in your pew Bibles on page 1834. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you very much um, uh, for this opportunity to share with you this morning. It's a real privilege, um, actually, to, to be able to teach from the Bible um, particularly this passage, I love this passage and, and I think um, we have a lot to, uh, to get out of it um, together but um, it's also a great privilege to meet many of you. Um, lots of faces in this room are unknown to me and um, that's just uh, exciting, I'm looking forward to, um, to getting to know a few of you um, perhaps a little after the service and, um, and it's also great uh, to see some faces I do know, to, to see graduates um, who, have, who have been through ES or um, who, those of you who are friends, so great to reconnect as well. Um, the passage we have, uh, have today is the opening prayer and uh, commendation of the Thessalonian church and I've chosen it because I think it will help us keep focused on the things that God really cares about. We often see Paul uh, saying or starting his letters in, in this way, he, he, t- he tells the church that he's writing to that he's praying for them, uh, I pray for you is a very common way for Paul to begin his letters. But the brilliant thing about Paul is that sometimes a little bit unlike us, like we say, yeah, I'll I'll pray for you. Uh, The brilliant thing about Paul is that he almost always goes on to then tell us what it is that he prays uh, for this church, these people that he's writing to. It then becomes, helpfully, a teaching moment and in this case, a focusing moment as well, that helps his original hearers and us to remember what really matters to God. As Paul prays, he helps us to understand what is on God's schedule, what's on God's priority agenda, so to speak. And that is very helpful, because if God's the boss, then knowing what he really cares about, and knowing what's on his agenda, can give us a sense of clarity and purpose about the way we go about life in His service, uh, in all the different ways that we do. 
Um, so that's how I want to begin today, and I've included a, a sort of outline um, in your handout as well, which might um, be a space to take notes or just to keep up with, um, with how I'm moving through this passage. Um, but I want to begin today by thinking a little bit about the boss's schedule and agenda, as well as our own, and how those two things go together. So think about the boss's schedule and agenda. Now, if you've, you've been part of church here for a while... Um, you may uh, know Jeff as the one who would ordinarily be speaking about evangelical students. And so you're seeing me and thinking, that's one thing I didn't tell you before, is that um, in some ways I'm the new Jeff. Um, and uh, what that means is that um, uh, Jeff has, has um, stepped into a role full-time with Trinity and I'm sort of doing the things that he would have done with the uni ministry previously. Um, I'm, I'm now overseeing ministry in our region in South Australia and Northern Territory at the universities. That's been a big change for me. Uh, lots of things have been really enjoyable about that, new challenges, different opportunities, but this has definitely been, been a year where I've been thinking lots about schedules and agendas, particularly my own. Uh, many of you, I suppose, will have gone through big changes in circumstance at, at different points in, in life, and if you haven't yet, then I'm certain all of us do go through these, these moments where things really change. I'm not just talking about changes in work situation, uh, but changes in things like stage of life, things like moving from school to uni, moving out of home, family situation changes, you move to live in a new place, you get a pet. Uh, all kinds of things happen that make us think about agenda, schedules and priorities. And I think this is really good. This, th these big changes, they can be really good times. They force you, uh, don't they, to ask questions like, what am I actually meant to be doing with my time? What are the essential things to do? What, what do I need to do more of and what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to encourage and empower others to do? What, what do I need to get people to help with and so on? And the thing that 1 Thessalonians 1 helps us to see is that becoming a Christian is one of those massive life changes. Perhaps the greatest life change that anyone can go through. That's because becoming a Christian uh, or being a Christian means having a new job and a new boss. In verse 9, uh, we read, For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead. You see that a Christian is someone who has a new job or a new privilege, a new responsibility, however you want to look at it, of serving the living and true God while we wait for the return of our Master the risen Lord Jesus. So, no matter what kind of promotion or responsibility change you've, you're ever, you ever have gotten in, in work, if, if that's your, your situation or ever will get, this kind of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? There really, really isn't a higher calling or greater privilege than to be chosen by God, according to verse 4, and to be called to serve Him. That's amazing. None of us deserve that. But it is what God loves doing, calling people to turn from idolatry, from worthless ways of living, to serve Him, the living 
and true God. And as you'd expect, that kind of role change or, or new job comes with a new, a new agenda and a new set of priorities as well. And that is what Paul recognises in his prayer. It's what he thanks God for. If you look uh, back to the start of the chapter, Paul prays and thanks God for the way that they have a new way of working. Their work is now a work produced by faith. They labour differently or to different ends. It's a labour prompted by love. And they go on in their service of God, inspired by their hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. They don't all become uh, missionaries or pastors like Paul. Uh, Many of them presumably keep doing what they were doing during the week before the gospel, turn their lives upside down. But everything they do now is done differently. In verse 6, they have become imitators of Paul and his friends Silas and Timothy and, importantly, imitators of the Lord. They've become a model for others in their region to imitate and uh, the message of the gospel rings out from their little community to be known everywhere, according to verse 8. So, the opportunity for all of us this morning is to consider how aligned our lives are to the boss's priorities and agenda. In many ways, I, I trust they will be, but at these moments, I can just be helpful to, to think again and to, uh, and to be mindful again of how, um, how our priorities and the boss's priorities are lining up. So, uh, to do that, let's dig further in to see what God's agenda is, as we see it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. picture we get in this chapter is that God really cares to see His Word and His Gospel go out and impact lives. Um, That's kind of how I'm I'm summarising the the thing that Paul is really excited about here uh, and that he gives us insight into the fact that this is what God's really excited about, seeing God's Word and His Gospel go out and impact lives. It's what Paul celebrates, it's what he gives thanks to God for and it's the particular thing that he commends the Thessalonians for being involved in themselves. This is threaded throughout the whole chapter. Now, if that's right, if that's God's agenda in this moment of history, the time between Jesus' resurrection and His his return, um, then that's very helpful for us to know as we go about organising our own lives and priorities. So, one way to think about this can be to think about how can we have an effective working relationship with God, the boss, uh, if God is the boss, if, if we have the great privilege of serving Him, then like all great working relationships, we need two things. Uh, we need to know what the boss cares about, where he's leading, what he's trying to achieve, and secondly, how do we helpfully contribute to that? How do we help contribute to making uh, this project that, that God and we are in um, together? Who's meant to do what as part of the team? Where the boss is leading is quite straightforward, we've, we've just said that, um, that he is seeing, to, seeing his word and gospel go out and impact lives. So the second question, how do we effectively contribute or play our part in God's great project? Well, firstly, we call upon God to do the things that only He can do. And there are lots of them, lots of things that only He can do. And we rely on Him uh, to do all the things that God does. 
in this passage, uh, we see that God is key because He does really all of the amazing and impossible things. Things like choosing to make us part of His family. Uh, We can't muscle our way in, we need an invitation, which Paul celebrates in verse 4. Just as God chose Paul and called him to new life in Jesus, so, so these Thessalonians have become brothers and sisters to Paul because God has chosen them. And so Paul directs his thanks to whom it belongs. In verse 2, he says, we always thank God for all of you. The proof of God's choice is that the Word of God and the Gospel has taken deep root in their lives and in fact moved them from death to life, from idolatry to serving the living and true God. This too is a miraculous work of God by His Holy Spirit, isn't it? In verse 5, we read, the Gospel comes to them not just with words, but with power, the Holy Spirit and deep conviction power, the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. These are, these are probably not meant as individual things that are unrelated or a list but, uh, or a process, like you kind of move from one step to the other, but rather just the same thing being said in three different ways. The Word came into their lives with Holy Spirit power and deep conviction that only the Spirit can work. All those things are kind of working together all at once. And of course, all of this work of the Holy Spirit and the Gospel, it focuses us and centres us on God the Son, uh, who is our hope in verse 3 and in verse 10, is the one who rescues us from the coming wrath. These are all the, the, the many things that only God can do and which He loves doing. But also note that we are not unimportant by God's grace. There are many ways in which God graciously uses and encourages our participation in His work of seeing His Word and Gospel go out and impact lives. In verse 5, we see how God brings the Gospel to the Thessalonians, uh, actually through Paul, another human, and his friends, Silas and Timothy. They bring the Gospel to this part of Greece, and the Spirit takes the Gospel message and turns the Thessalonians' world upside down as a result. Then the Thessalonians actually, just like Paul in many ways, they become this amazing uh, community which just can't help talking about the amazing things that God has done in their their lives, in their church, in their community. They they become a proclaiming community in verse 8. The Lord's message rang out from you to the surrounding regions of Macedonia and Achaia. And God is actually so kind in making their efforts fruitful that their gospel sharing ends up being talked about and heard about everywhere. Your faith in God became known everywhere, Paul says at the end of verse 8. Um, how that happens, we're not, we're not told exactly, perhaps some of them became missionaries or church planters like Paul, Silas and Timothy. Certainly, many of the Thessalonians became enthusiastic sharers of the Gospel in their neighbourhoods, in their workplaces, in their travels to different regions and with their friends. Now, our culture might prefer us to keep faith as a private matter, 
But here we see that is not key to God's agenda. It's a good thing when people everywhere know about our faith in God. Ideally, not because uh, we might be annoying or that sort of self-righteous person or the one uh, or the people who, who might be surrounded by controversy. We don't want it to be because of any of those things. But because the living and true God has rescued us and loved us and we're sharing that. We just can't help but share that uh, with others all over the place. Um, so there is a very important human contribution to be, to be proclaimers and sharers of the gospel. We also see the importance of a human response in verse 9. That is, turning to God from idols. Um, that is such a great picture of what repentance is, that word which can have, um, yeah, really... Um, a, a sort of a jargon nature to it, but the word repentance literally just means turning around, uh, turning from one way and heading in the opposite direction. And I love how concrete uh, this picture of repentance is in, in 1 Thessalonians 1. They have literally turned from idols to serve the living and true God. Their lives are now oriented towards God and His service. So the human response in terms of turning to God from idols, they also become models in verse 7. They become models of a life lived in service to God. That is a human activity that is so important in seeing God's Word and Gospel go out and change lives and impact lives because it helps people see what the truth looks like lived in practice. We, we don't want, as, as a church, we don't want people who just know academically that Jesus is Lord um, and, and to be able to say the right things that He's rescued us from the coming wrath and so forth, that, that's not just a truth which you can know, but it changes everything if it's true. We want to live lives that fit with that truth. In many ways, what that looks like is captured in Paul's prayer, that life of faith, that, that love and hope because of who God is and what He's done. Now, having spoken about... Um, uh, about what it looked like in, in the Thessalonian church to, for the Word of God and the Gospel to have gone out and impacted lives. Um, at this point, I want to give, um, some, uh, give some encouragement by inviting one of your own congregation members up uh, to the front. So as Liam uh, kind of uh, heads up, up to share with us, um, I want to give uh, him a chance to be a model in every sense of the word. So here we go. So <laughs> um, We'll see how you... Yeah, that's... Brilliant, thank you, Liam. Uh, a model in the sense of uh, just to allow him, like Liam's not, you're a bit special, but not like particularly special. Um, thank you. And, and thank you, Reuben. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and happy First Father's Day to you. Thank you. Um, uh, now, I want to give Liam a, a, a chance to talk about how God's done some of these things in his life. And um, Liam is someone who has been through evangelical students as a, as a student himself, and, and we've known each other. Um, in that context. And um, I just asked Liam, if you would, um, to share a, a bit about the story of how God's helped uh, him to grow in some of the things we've been talking about from 1 Thessalonians this morning. Um, so, uh, can you share a little bit of that, the story of how God um, uh, helped you to grow, um, maybe just by sharing a highlight or just something you really appreciated about your time at uni? Sure. I think one of the things is that for me, I grew up in a Christian home, sort of took on my faith in about year eight, went through high school at a non-Christian school where I often felt like I was swimming against the tide. And that was a really good thing. 
um, in terms of God taught me a lot and grew me a lot. But one of the things that I really loved about ES that, was that um, I was able to come along to a group that was very uh, Christ-centred, where there were other people my own age that I could grow with. Um, and that was really, really valuable for me. Um, I think in, in my year that I started going to uni, there was a group of five or six uh, first-year males that I'm actually friends with, with all of them now. I, I happen to, you know, in a big wide sweep, um, be teaching now. My teaching partner is someone that I went to ES with. Um, I've come through through commerce accounting. He's come through chemical engineering. We're both now teaching year ones. Um, but Exactly. But yeah. with, you know, Lockie was there and I have become really good friends with Lockie. And um, I think that allowed us as a group of guys to actually really um, spur each other on. And that sense of community was really valuable. There's lots of things, but I think that's something I've been really actually thinking about mm. um, even in the last couple of weeks before you even asked me to talk about this. Yeah, brilliant. That's so yeah. cool. And so in terms of um, the gospel going out, like that's the part we all pay our own um, bit in. And um, I'm going to talk about some implications for, for all of us after this. But just for you, how did God grow you in confidence or love for sharing the gospel with other people, um, particularly, yeah, across your time at uni, but just, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, so in my, I think it was probably at the start of my second year at uni, um, Reuben invited me to start reading the Bible with a non-Christian, a guy I'd actually never met before, but um, had expressed some interest in learning a little bit more about um, what Christianity was about. Um, and we did that for probably over a year, I would say. Um, and that was just a really awesome opportunity to sit down and actually... Um, I forget what gospel we went through, potentially could have been Mark or Luke, but whichever one we went through, it was really good to actually, it was Mark actually, I remember it was Mark, because it was really good to actually tear back some of the, you know, the Christianese that I'd grown up with and actually think about it from a really fresh perspective. Um, And that was a really awesome opportunity and that guy ended up um, giving his life to Christ um, and yeah, that was just a fantastic opportunity to see that even um, evangelism doesn't actually have to be this big scary thing, um, but that was just hugely relational, and I, I just really enjoyed that. Fantastic, thanks, Liam. No um, I hope, yeah, I hope that's a good good to be able to share um, a story, and, and I trust you'll you'll do that, um, like not just from the front, but with each other. Um, be be talking about some of these these kinds of things, so you have a chance to um, yeah hear how how God is at work. Um, in the people who are part of this community as, as sharers of the gospel. Um, but stories like Liam's are one of the reasons I love uni ministry so much. Um, it's so strategically important, I think, in our city um, because his story is one that, um, that happens over and over again. It gathers people um, who aren't yet Christian and people who think they are Christian sometimes but then discover that they maybe weren't and they become Christians and, and Christians from many different traditions and, and just does all, all of this great um, growing uh, in their lives and... Um, and particularly, it's just a joy when people do hear the gospel and do that, turn from idols to serve the living and true God. Okay, uh, lastly, just some implications for us. Okay, so having been reminded of God's agenda uh, to see his, his word and his gospel go out and impact lives, having thought about what it can look like for us to have an effective working relationship with God, let him do the things that he does, uh, enthusiastically do whatever it is that we might contribute to the, the team and, and to his plan... Um, What are some implications for us? Two very brief thoughts. The first is, we can take our lead from Paul and give thanks for the ways our church's agenda lines up with God's. Um, 
That is, I love how positive Paul is about the Thessalonian church and how it drives him to thankful prayer. Um, I wish I could have more of that impulse in myself. I wish I could say, like Paul does, I continually mention my own church community in my prayers. I do, but I feel like Paul is just so over, um, overwhelmingly joyful and thankful about these people. Um, to have that, that impulse to pray, not just for my own church, but even the other churches that I'm thankful for, um, churches like this one. But there is an encouragement for all of us, I think, because there are so many ways in which good things are happening uh, right here in Unley, great things are happening in my own church. Uh, Let's take Paul's lead from this letter and be people who uh, thank the one who is doing this great work, turn that into into thankful prayer. Um, There is work produced by faith, labour prompted by love, endurance inspired by hope in Jesus. Um, This is a community where the gospel message is ringing out in many ways and you are modelling to each other what it looks like to serve the living and true God. That's, that's a fantastic thing. Of course, there are, there are always ways we can be growing in these good things and doing better. I look forward to hearing uh, of the way your faith in God is becoming known all over uh, the inner south of Adelaide and beyond. Um, and that's, that's a good thing to be praying for. But I, th- I think an initial implication is just to follow Paul's lead and give thanks for the many ways um, in which the agenda of this church is aligning with God's agenda. And secondly, and finally, uh, I want to encourage all of us to be working out uh, in our own lives how we can maximise the ways we partner in the gospel ringing out. Um, In all likelihood, only a few of us will spend most or all of our time as uh, people who, like pastor or evangelists or missionaries or church planters or chaplains or uh, or whatever it is. There will be some, but that won't be all of us, and that's right. Um, The same would have been true for the Thessalonians that we're reading about here. In the Thessalonian church, not all of them would have been like Paul, yet the message of the gospel rang out from them in an amazing way. It tells us that we don't all need to be Pauls or full-time pastors or evangelists, we just need to be willing and engaged in playing our part in the gospel going out, um, sharing Jesus with others, uh, taking opportunities like the ones we talked about in the notices today, opportunities in school or uni, family, neighbourhood friendship and work context. But I also want us to think bigger than just what we can be doing ourselves. Uh, There has always been a strong commitment from Christian communities throughout the ages to partner with what God is doing in places beyond your own life and your own church. Uh, Christians have always loved getting behind and sending out missionaries and partnering uh, in prayer and finances with other uh, ways that the gospel is ringing out in, uh, in different regions and even across the world. So, um, there are obviously so many different ways you could do this. My encouragement is just to find ones. Um, you probably have some already, potentially, but find ones, maybe even think, uh, what, what could I add to those ways in which I'm partnering with the gospel ringing out and, and seeing it impact lives uh, across a region or even the world? Um, Of course, I do want to commend partnering with what God is doing at university campuses, because I think it's amazing, it's really exciting and a good way to maximise the gospel ringing out. It's not the only one, of course. Okay, so there are some thoughts as we finish. Um, Thankful prayer for the way uh, our church's agenda is lining up with God's, being sharers in God's Word and gospel ourselves, as well as maximising the gospel's reach through partnership with others. Okay, uh, let's, let's pray together and, um, and, and I'll lead us in that. 
Now, Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much uh, for the great work that you um, have done in sending the Lord Jesus, the one who rescues us from the coming wrath, the one who uh, continues uh, to turn people's lives upside down, uh, who is the one uh, who the Thessalonians placed their faith in, uh, just as uh, many of us here have, and, uh, and uh, we pray that you would help us uh, as your people, uh, to be uh, workers who work out of the faith that we have in your Son, to, to work in ways that are prompted by love and to live with great endurance inspired by the hope we have in our Lord Jesus. We also thank you so much for the, the um, encouragement and the example that the Thess- Thessalonian Church um, has been to us this morning for the, the, um, the way that the Gospel message rang out from them uh, to their whole region we ask that you'd be kind and, uh, and uh, make the efforts of this church community and the people in it, uh, please make our efforts fruitful as we uh, seek to work with you um, in this great project you have of your word and gospel going out all over the world uh, and impacting lives. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.